Yo, what's going on? Everybody, you're back again. It's your boy Lionel Mosby Jr. I'm in here with my man, Adrian Rowe, Justin Robinson. Y'all can call me Adro if you want. You can call him Adro if you want, for short. But uh, it's our point of view. Uh, this week two, episode two, we're so excited for the feedback that we got from episode one. Um, we, we appreciate the feedback, and we just want to continue to give you guys something to chew on, something to talk about from our thought process, our mindset, and we actually got a, some great topics, some great things to discuss um, today, and uh, Adrian's going to give us a rundown of that, but first, before we do that, man, you guys, just let them know how you guys' week has been, you know? How's it been first week after the first podcast? Let us know how it's been going. Listen, my... My following on Facebook and Twitter has significantly went up since the, no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's been, it's, it's been real good, man. Had a good week working out here, man. Just making people's lives better one day at a time. You know, I, I realized something, you know, uh, during this whole time I was talking to a friend and I was saying how I was going to go out more, you know, once, you know, this pandemic is over with. You know, and he said something to me I, I didn't even think about. He was like, listen, uh, you know, this this pandemic, another pandemic is going to follow soon, like right behind it. And I was saying, yeah, that's, that's true. It, it can possibly happen. And I was thinking, I was like, well, if it does happen, I hope the next pandemic is not airborne. I hope the next pandemic is sexually transmitted. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hilarious, that, Justin. That, that that way I can go outside. I ain't got to worry about uh, you know, okay. kids or something. <laughs> okay, good. That's hilarious. Keep that. Appreciate it. Anyway, y'all, listen. We're excited to be be doing this again. We're like like uh, my boy Lionel said. Uh, we're we're doing this to create content that's going to be, you know, meaningful and uh, content that's useful for you guys. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. This is our point of view. We, we talk about subjects and talk about it from our vantage point. Uh, just three black brothers uh, who are disciples and followers of Christ. And so we're going to give you from our vantage point what we, what we believe, you know. Quite honestly, sometimes we may not be uh, agree on everything, but that's the beauty of friendship is that you can, you can still have a common ground. And that's exactly what we have. So today we got some topics for y'all uh, to things that we're going to discuss, you know. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is how to stay healthy during a pandemic. What exactly should you be doing to remain healthy during a pandemic? And the second thing we're going to talk about, it's kind of like the pulse of the country right now. You know, we're, we're, this is an election. And although it's different probably than any election that's happened in the past, simply because we have COVID-19 here, it's still different in, in many other ways as well. So we're going to get things started off for you guys right off the bat. And just so you guys know, um, this is just going to be, like I said, just our perspectives, what we have done, but also I'm going to give you guys four tips on how you can stay healthy uh, during the pandemic. And uh, so as a board certified nurse practitioner, uh, I just want to give you some, some what we call evidence tips on what you can do to boost the immune system and be healthy. So before we actually go into those specifics, I want to talk to my brothers and ask them, what, what have you guys done 
to remain healthy. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to put your business out there if you want to share, but I'm not sure if you guys had uh, the, un, the, <laughs> the privilege, I guess, of having COVID. Uh, if not, what have you guys done to make sure that, you know, to keep yourselves clean and, and not um, getting COVID? No, nah, that's a um, that's a good question. I think one thing for sure that I've done is I've not worried, and I think that many people don't think about, you know, that aspect. But you know, our mind is so powerful, and I think that many people thought themselves into having COVID. You know, and if they didn't think themselves into having COVID, they may have thought themselves into having um, something else because it's just the anxiety that they had for all the things that was coming. And I mean, to be honest, to be real. There was a lot of stuff going on, so it's not like there wasn't anything to be worried about, per se, right? But I think making sure your mind is at ease, making sure you're relaxed is so important, right? So, you know, something simple that I started to implement was just, like, actually going out, like, into nature, like, taking time just away from work, away from everything, just spending time taking a nature walk or, you know, going to somewhere where some water or things like that. I love like, you know, lakes or still water and things. So just getting out of nature for sure is one thing that I um, definitely did. And actually, I, you know, spent time with family too, um, because, you know, with everything, you know, with the pandemic, I mean, everybody's kind of locked up in the house. And so, you know, being able to actually get outside with my family, like go somewhere, not necessarily going to destination, there's going to be a whole bunch of people there. But, you know, be able to get out and go somewhere and do something together, right, I think was always uplifting um, as well. So those are two things that for sure I did during the pandemic that I think were a blessing to keep my mind, you know what I mean, at ease and to keep me anxiety-free um, outside, of course, you know, connecting with, with God and prayer and, and communion as well. Absolutely, absolutely. What about you, um, I, I just been doing the simple things like just, you know, wearing a face mask and, um, you know, washing my hands, you know, on a daily basis and, you know, just trying to, you know, stay away from folk as much as possible. Okay. But, you know, that's, 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 that's about it. And those are, those are all really good things. You know, there are a lot of people who, <laughs> man, I can't tell you guys how many people who have messaged me, talked to me in person about this thing being a hoax, right? I've heard people say, you know, this, as soon as the election is over, COVID is going to disappear. I'm like, how you figure? You really think that this is a whole, like the U.S. government has put a whole thing together that the whole world is affected? Okay, all right. Okay, then what about the people that have gotten sick? You know, it's just like all these ideas that people have out there. Oh, this is, this is just a flu. And I'm like, you may have symptoms that are similar to the flu, but this is not the flu at all. So, you know, just a lot of people have thoughts out there. So can't stress enough, you know, to wear face mask when you're out in, um, in the public or wherever, wherever it's required in close proximity to people, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, et cetera. Those are all just basic things. But so I actually wanted to share. So I actually had COVID. I, uh, I back in, you know, maybe this is two, two months or so ago, maybe a little bit, actually a little more than about three months ago, uh, had a weird experience uh, with just and was eating some food, you know, one Saturday. And I realized, hmm, 
<laughs> I can't taste this. I'm like, am I tripping? Is this? Is it, am I eating something bland? Couldn't taste it, and um, you know, got a little. Honestly, got a little worried. I was like, man, God, I really hope I don't have COVID. Um, not because I'm afraid that um, something's gonna happen to me. You know, although that that was reality that something could, but I just didn't want to get off work. You know, be home. I just didn't want that aspect of it. Um, took temperature, had a low grade temperature, like 99 or something like that. Long story short, went the next day, got, got two days later, got a positive result. So um, I guess what I can tell you guys what I did to help reduce those symptoms, because after that, I just got chills, chest pain, shortness of breath, coughing, like all these little symptoms that came up afterwards. And so a couple of things I did, you know, um, my wife and I kind of go back and forth between, you know, the, the plant-based slash vegetarian lifestyle, you know, just the struggles of, you know, being out and about and all these different things. So, but what I did, you know, went strictly plant-based during that time period, um, only ate fruits and vegetables, um, the list of exercising increased significantly my water intake, didn't have any processed foods. Um, so that helped me feel a whole lot better. So I'm gonna give you guys four tips on how you can um, stay healthy during the pandemic, right? And so uh, the first thing is physical activity. So just on a regular basis, it's great to be physically active, right? You wanna get your blood moving, um, circulating, because blood has all the, the basic things you need for life, right? So you have that oxygen there, you have that iron, in there that's going to all those things are going to contribute to energy and to um a boosted immune system and so you know physical activity again it's recommended 150 minutes a week of physical activity and so you can break that down um 30 minutes five times a week and it doesn't have to be at one time you can do 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the afternoon 10 minutes at night you can do one minute um, long as your heart rate's increased above your normal so 100 beats a minute one minute 30 times a day long as you're getting it in there you'll be able to your body will be able to do whatever it needs to do and it's going to not only help boost your immune system it's going to you know reduce your risk of heart disease that's proven it'll help you control your weight believe it or not exercising even helps you control your mood right and so all these things will, will be factors that will help help you during this time of um the pandemic of COVID. Another big thing I think Lionel brought up was just mental health. I think when we talk about health, just overall health, we don't um, generally speak about mental health um, in connection with physical health. And they are connected. I mean, because your, your, your mind is connected to your body. So uh, that's reduction in stress. And stress necessarily isn't a negative thing, but it's how we manage stress. You know, many of us on, on jobs or have school and all these different things that weigh us down mentally and causes our stress levels to be, you know, increased. For those of who have children, you know, that can affect how we interact with our children. It can affect how we interact with ourselves. So um, one thing I'd say, which, you know, isn't necessarily the, the end all be all, but I absolutely, absolutely will recommend two things. One, prayer. Um, Prayer, there was a, a study done, and I don't want to give you guys wrong, um, wrong information, but 
I knew it was a couple years back um, from Johns Hopkins, and they did uh, a research on how prayer affects your, not just your mental health, but your physical health. And so uh, I actually, hopefully I'll get that, that, um, that link to that and, and share it. We can share it on our uh, podcast later down the road, but you'd be surprised how much just prayer, which will connecting with, with the creator, talking with him, allowing him, uh, there's a scripture that says, cast your cares. It's first Peter five, seven, cast your cares upon me on him for he cares for you. Um, all that will can significantly increase your, in, increase your mood and decrease your stress level. Uh, number three is a balanced diet. I mentioned earlier, uh, plant-based and plant-based essentially is, in, it essentially includes um, eating foods that are from plants. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, um, whole grains that is, um, as a primary source of nutrients. Um, I mean, on this, uh, I guess, lifestyle, I wouldn't say necessarily say diet. There are some people who include here and there uh, certain types of meats, um, which as long as they're lean meats, not meats high in fat, uh, can be beneficial. However, there is significant research that has shown that a whole food plant-based diet will not only, as we stated, increase uh, immune health, but it will also decrease risk for cancers, decrease risk for heart disease, decrease, and in some cases, reverse type 2 diabetes. Um, so what, what we're talking about right now isn't necessarily just for the pandemic, of course. It's something that can be a lifestyle change for your day-to-day -day life um, and decrease a, a ton of chronic issues. Lastly, last thing is, is water. Now, I remember when I was in high, high school, um, one teacher asked me how much water I drink I how much water a day I drink, and I told them none. <laughs> they, said, they said, why don't you drink any water? I said, nobody told me I had to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's the truth, man. Just, just growing up where I grew up, I, I didn't, I knew that if I got thirsty, I'm either going to pick up some juice, grab me a soda, because in my mind, it quenched my thirst. You know, that sugar with the liquid, it quenched my thirst. But y'all, let me tell y'all, that's not good for your overall health. It's not good for your kidneys. It's not good for you if you got hypertension or it puts you at increased risk for development because of the sodium in, in those carbonated beverages or the sugar in, in those um, uh, juices. Um, also, there's actually research being done about how sugar weakens the immune system, right? So water helps your body by you know, creating um, normal temperature in your body. It helps lubricate, lubricate cushions in your joints, protect your spinal cords. Uh, gets rid of waste, which is important through your urination and perspiration and bowel movements. Um, and it overall, um, it overall contributes to your um, immune health, right? So how much water you, should you drink? You hear people say, hey, you need to drink uh, eight to 10 cups, you know? What, and so my mind is like, okay, what exactly does that mean? And so it's simple, right? Well, I wouldn't say simple because we were very busy people, but you can make it simple, right? So what, what I do, one of the things I do is I carry with me every day to work at the very least two water, water bottles, right? I, I drink those two water bottles when I get to work. When I get home, I drink another water bottle. And before I go to bed, uh, sometime between when I get home and I go to bed, I drink another one, right? So 
if you're used to drinking water bottles, some people carry around those liters, um, jugs, drink one of those um, one time a day will help you um, to have the adequate amount of water that you need for that day. So those are the four tips I wanted to share with you guys. Oh, one more thing is choose, and I kind of mentioned it, but as much as possible, choosing water over like any other sugary drink, choosing water over carbonated beverages, choosing water over alcohol. Alcohol uh, dehydrates you. Alcohol dehydrates you. So I don't know if anybody's ever uh, experienced a hangover. I'm not talking about anybody, you know, on the podcast, because I don't know, them brothers don't do that. But uh, if any, anybody has, has uh, experienced a hangover, you get headaches, right? You feel, in the next one, you get headaches, you feel nauseous. It's because, and then you urinate a lot. It's because your, your body's being, um, isn't going through a dehydration state. And so drink, drink water over anything else um, you get your water intake and then, you know, you want to reward yourself after getting all your water intake, drink a little bit of juice uh, here and there, hundred percent juice, not that concentrated stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have on the health tip on how to stay healthy. Hey man, let us know how you guys stay healthy. What are you doing to be healthy during this pandemic? And yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the stuff that you mentioned really deal with, uh, planning and consistency, like those are two words that kept popping up in my mind. Um, and even when I think about my myself and my experience of, you know, just seeking to stay healthy, um, you know, even, you know, working out to, to have gained a, a little weight and get, getting back in the gym, everything is just about consistency and about planning, really, man. And I think that's the thing in a society where, like you say, we're so busy. So most people don't eat breakfast, right? And most people who eat breakfast or eat anything in the morning, they eat it while they're walking or while they're driving or where they're going to some place. They don't, they don't do it while they're sitting down, right? Because we're always moving. I, I'm almost, I would love to see the percentage of people in America who actually eat their meals either on the go or even if they're sitting down, they're eating it in the midst of doing work. Hmm whether actually doing work or mentally doing work, right? Yeah. Because the truth is we really don't know how to break in our society, right? You know what I'm saying? And so I really think it comes down to that planning and consistency, man, of us really just, uh, you know, taking time to plan our day, to plan, you know, what we're going to eat, to, like you say, plan, okay, how many bottles I'm taking to work? Make sure we have those bottles ready because the, the, the number one thing that makes us fall off is just failing the plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we say, I'm going to take two bottles, but then we look, I'm like, I forgot to stop by the store and get a new case. Right. Yeah. And then next thing we know it's two weeks and gone by and we haven't been drinking the water again. Right. So, you know, I, I love those tips. You know, I just want to share that that's one thing that I've found in my experience that has been very important is to plan. Right. And then um, to really focus on just being consistent with that. Yeah. And, you know, just to add on to that, our culture, American culture, is not set up in a way to contribute to healthy lifestyles um, at all. We, we, we have on every corner a fast food place. Uh, every corner. You can go in some of the most rural parts of our country and you're still going to find some type of fast food restaurant. Um, and so our culture isn't necessarily set up to keep or to get people healthy. And so when the conversation is brought up on what is health and how do we get 
um, healthy lifestyles, how do we maintain this? It is a difficult conversation because for many Americans, we are addicted to these things that are not healthy for us. So it's like telling a crackhead, yo, you got to get off crack, right? And it may register that it's wrong in their head, but they don't know how to make that transition from not doing crack anymore or, or whatever other drug it is out there. So I think, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm convinced that we're, we're going to need like these rehabilitation centers for people who are addicted to foods and addicted to bad habits because it's, I had someone tell me, a patient tell me the other day, uh, we were talking about getting her blood sugar under control. Um, you know, she's on, you know, before I even started seeing her as a patient, she, she was already on high amounts of insulin and, and all these diabetic medications. And uh, they had done so much for, she had just lost, she was young. She's like 42 years old. She lost um, her left leg. Uh, the other one is, is starting to look like it's darkening and getting black. And so we were concerned about that, but she does not want to stop eating the unhealthy foods. And I, and I told her, I said, Hey, what can we do? What, what can we do to help you to, you know, make better choices because you know she's in a long-term care facility and so people are bringing her food and and she said hey i i want to but it's an addiction i can't stop and i said man in my head i'm like she can acknowledge that this is a big problem for her and she doesn't want to do it but she can't stop it and so you know i'm trying to meet her halfway with you know introducing her to some healthy snacks that you know i, I am accustomed to but it's going to be an uphill battle for her and for, for many Americans, just want to, let me just share a couple of statistics with you guys. This is found on um, uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services website. Less than 5% of adults participate in 30 minutes of physical activity each day. Less than 5%. So the question was, how, what percentage of, of adults in America consider themselves to be healthy? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not a lot, right? Uh, that's, that's a dismal number. Another one is the typical American diet exceeds the recommended intake levels or limits in four categories. So in four categories, we exceed the recommended amounts. So calories from solid fats and added sugars, refined grains, sodium, and saturated fats. There is no wonder why we are number one in cardiovascular disease death, right? Cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, uh, all these things are a direct relation from what we eat and how we, um, with our, the lack of exercise. So these are important things, people. We're not just talking about how to stay healthy during pandemic, although those that's extremely important, uh, but it's also just as important. More people will die from cardiovascular disease in America than they will from uh, COVID, than they will from cancer, than they will from car accidents, homicides, suicides combined. Uh, and many other things. So uh, when you take on responsibility for being healthy during the pandemic, uh, we also take on the responsibility of being healthy in our everyday lives, including, um, you know, preventing and maintaining um, from uh, chronic diseases. Well, I think uh, we're going to move on to um, our next segment. And so I stated before, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we kind of label it like the pulse of the country and man listen we are in some crazy crazy times just thinking about it right not only are we in a pandemic 
right? And so uh, Justin mentioned last week about how we had never seen anything like this during our lifetime. And I don't believe we have, uh, but we also, on top of that, we have a peak of what I consider to be, you know, just a division on many topics, race, politics, religion, um, you know, all these different things that kind of just came together in this melting pot and created just this um, uh, uh, I, um, I can't even think of the word, but just this countercultural um, combat or conflict between just two sides. So we want to talk about that a little bit. And so I guess the first approach we want to talk about is so today is November the 1st for us uh, and in a couple of days, we will have a new elected president. Um, a lot of people are not going to like who it is from both sides. Period. A lot of people are going to have an issue with who, whether it's Donald J. Trump or Joe Biden. Um, people are going to be unhappy. I don't know if you guys saw there's a video. I think you guys may have seen it, but there was a video of a guy uh, who uh, got on. He was, you know, just voicing his support for Donald Trump and how he knew he was going to win. And he mentioned, he said, you know, if Donald Trump wins, there's going to be an uproar again for, you know, the left who will go try to attempt to go to war with the right. And he says, but, you know, essentially that may happen. But if Donald Trump does not win, and if Joe Biden wins, he says that he, he said, you can rest assured that they will retaliate. So right, I've seen that with this looming threat <laughs> that's being he's not the only one, not the first or the last one to say something like that. What do you what do you guys thought in terms of, you know, that possible threat and just the just the the, the pulse of the country right now? What are you guys thoughts with everything that's happening right now? Well, this is yeah, Justin. this is what. This is why I, I totally lost all type of confidence, you know, in, in politics in general, because, you know, they're, they're playing with people's lives, you know, and, you know, and with Donald Trump coming out, and I think we spoke about it last time, with saying that, hey, you know, if I don't get elected, I mean, I'm not passing no stim stimulus check until, you know, I, I get elected. And I'm like, what? What kind of crap is this? I mean, people are getting evicted and, um, you know, People can't, you know, pay for gas to go to work. And you're holding on to this this little old $1,200 that we haven't even received in like six or seven months. I'm like, bro, come on now. Like, seriously? Like, politics is, is, is too childish. And I have lost all confidence in politics on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, uh, Lionel. Yeah, you make a, a really good point, actually, you know, because the reality is it is childish, you know, and that's a it's kind of crazy, right, that we would label the highest position of authority in our country and that we would ever use the word childish, right, as a descriptor for <laughs> the position. I mean, think about it, though, right? Um, but the truth is nobody, majority of people won't deny that what a lot of people may do is say well they will point to one side or the other as being childish right but they won't deny that it is connected with one of the other individuals and so for me yeah the post uh, the post that i see of the country is a post of division 
um, divisiveness, right? Um, lack of civility. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm not that old, but yet I've I've been alive. I've been old enough for plenty of elections at at this point in time in my life um, that I can remember paying attention to and watching. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever remember it being this divided in this country, right? From a political standpoint, right? Because let me be clear, right? The country has always been divided, oh. right? And we'll get into that at a different time, right? When we want to talk about the issue of systemic racism, the, the issue of the, the justice system, the issue of race in America, et cetera. That's a total different topic. We tabling that for another day, but y'all definitely got to come back because it's going to be good. Yeah. But when I'm talking about it being divided, I'm obviously not talking about it from a situation of just race, right? What I'm talking about now is from a situation of along political lines, right? Along idea, ideological lines, right? Like it is so divided right now, right? I guess it, we could say it like this. I've never seen white people in America so divided ah. as they are right now. Now I know, and I and and I know that's even some people will be looking like, how can you say that, right? But I'm saying it because it's the truth, right? You know what I'm saying? Because there's always been a racial divide. So in order to make it more clear, right? I'm trying to really clarify what I'm trying to say. And what I'm trying to say is I've never seen that. I've never seen white individuals who are along different ideological lines be so divided as they are right now. Because because yeah. other cultures, other minorities, there's always been division between between the general populist right and minorities per se, right? But from a political standpoint, Republicans, Democrats, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, how you see it, left and right. I mean, it's a wide gap in between them. So wide that I don't believe that any, either way the election turns out, doesn't matter if Donald Trump wins, doesn't matter if Joe Biden wins, doesn't matter if third party wins. Everybody, there's going to be millions upon millions upon millions of Americans who are going to say, I don't believe the result. Now, what kind of society do you have when the, rea- the reaction to the polls, you already know is going to be majority people won't trust the result that comes out. That means so many people don't trust the system in this country. And that, that lets you know what a post of America is. right now. Man, you bring up a great, great point. Think about this now. Like, this is to flush this out a little bit more. When, when Black people couldn't vote. And let's be very clear. Like Obama was saying, let me be clear. And, and <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't until 1965, right, where a bill was passed to allow Black people to vote, right? Black people wanted the right to vote, right? And, and, but look how, look what it took for that to happen, right? So we had Dr. King coming in and, and, and um, along with tons of other people because he wasn't the only one, but um, putting together marches, putting together protests, right? And there was no large scale violent protests that black people put together. These were peaceful things, right? And so we disrupted the economy, which was a huge thing that they did with that Montgomery bus boycott. Uh, this, This is how we enact change, right? Because they know, we know that if we were to go to war, it's gonna be bloodshed and our own people are gonna die, right? And, and just, if you're going to call it like it is, there are not, a, quote unquote, uh, numerically enough of us to be able to go to war if all the white people wanted to fight all the black people, right? There are more of the, them than there are of us here in this country, 
right? We, so we've never, we've never been to the point where we could, by ourselves, create a civil unrest, a civil war, right? We, we've never done that. There's nowhere been in history, not even just black people, Native Americans, right? When, when, when they agreed to go into these, um, uh, I'm the, the, the words coming across my mind, slip my mind, but. Agreement is a strong word too, by the way, but, but, but I'll let you, but I'll let you have it. Of course, they were forced, but you know, we'll talk about that another time because that's, I feel like this is a good conversation about how they were forced, but essentially uh, agreed to by force. Okay. So, um, but they haven't as, as well. Right. So all these, when, when the Japanese went into these con- uh, concentration camps, right. They could have been like, when they were released, oh, no, nah, we're going to war, right? Think about the moments in history when there was actually a huge unrest to create a civil war. It was between white people. You follow me? And then on top of that, right, black people fought on both sides, right? That's very true. That is very true. Fought, fought on both sides of the civil war. Well, we didn't start this war. Right? This war, if we're quite honest, wasn't necessarily about black people as it was white people who had issues with each other in the viewpoint they had, right? They wanted, you know, and we'll talk probably another time about the exact, you know, issues with, with uh, the Civil War and what brought that on. But we we're pawns, right? We, were, we didn't have a voice in this war. We didn't have a voice in the initiation of this war. We didn't have a voice to keep the war going or to stop the war. They made all those decisions. We were just in the middle. And so when you talk about what's happening right now, this is honestly a huge, this, so when I watched the video and the guy said, you know, on the left, uh, if, 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 if Trump wins again, then the left is going to come up and, and, and have a war, try to create a civil war. I'm like, first of all, uh, there, truth be told, there are probably more black people who support Democratic um, presidents and, and, and uh, politicians than there are who, who support Republicans. But I don't know any black person be like, Trump's going to win. Let's go to war. You know, I'm gonna, let, me, let me go and, and shoot up somebody. I don't, I don't know people that's going to do that. You know, that's not, a, that's not a, a narrative that black people have. You know, we, we don't necessarily uh, move to create, to start genocides. Right. And so um, just to see how everything is progressing. Right. There's there's two sides of people who are talking, you know, apparently potentially talking about, I mean, a a war, um, something that, you know, initially I I didn't think I'd take it very seriously, but there's a lot of talks about it. And so I think it's something we should be uh, cautious of, be cautious of. So let me let me ask you guys this. Um, well, unless somebody had something to say on, on that topic right there. Yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna add, you know, um, what, this is not the first time that civil war has been brought up in um, in the equation or in the thought process, right? I mean, we can go back. 10 years, um, even up to now, and this kind of discussion about, you know, is America going into, headed for another civil war, et cetera, et cetera. Um, There's articles, there's blog posts, there's talking points that have been all around this discussion. And that is because of the heated and divisive 
nature of the conversation between the two sides of the political spectrum, right? It's no longer a North and South, right? It's a left versus a right. And so, I mean, I do believe, right, um, there are individuals on both sides. Not that it would necessarily be a full-scale type of civil war that is started with one huge group over here and one huge group over there. I don't see it in that way. But can I see a situation where there's civil unrest because of the reaction that comes forth from whoever's elected president? I definitely can see that. I definitely can see people, look, let, let's be real, right? Let's not act like three weeks ago or have a month or two ago, there wasn't an actual legit plot for a legit group of militiamen, right? To actually legitly go capture a Michigan governor and try her in a tribunal that was of their own make. Let's not act Easy. like that wasn't a real plot, right? That the real FBI, Federal <laughs> Bureau of Investigations of the United States of America, spoiled and have literally arrested, what, over a dozen yeah. men? So, so I'm, not, I'm not even going to act like after the election, there ain't going to be some civil unrest. I think that could be legit civil unrest. Look, if there's civil unrest when because of George Floyd and because of the reaction that comes out of that, right? I definitely think there can be civil unrest for people who follow two, two sides, right, of a political system and they can't see past an individual when they say I vote for the opposite yeah. party. I can, I can definitely see a reaction coming from that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you saw fights or if you saw, um, honestly, even up to shootings or all that type of stuff, you know, do I think it's going to be large scale across the board? No. But do I think here and there you'll hear of different disputes and gunfighting, all that stuff because of the reaction? Yeah. And especially, and this is, this is just real talk. I don't care about either party. Right. But especially if Trump loses, I can see it depending on his reaction. Like if he reacts negatively to it, if he reacts in a way that he doesn't believe the result, or say Joe, say Joe Biden declares victory like before the night ends, right? And Donald Trump holds on to like the next night or something like that. Just that in itself will make people be up in arms and say, Leah, we not letting this go. He not leaving office. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just off of the reaction. And, and don't let it be something past that to where he say, to where he actually follows through with his kind of rhetoric of they going to have to force me out type of thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Kind of ready. It's definitely going to be people it's got to be people who back that, right? And that's my, that's, that's my thought process, right? And that's why, for me, I believe that I already knew they were going to get the judge they wanted. I, I already knew that was going to happen, right? But then on the other side, I'm like, I can see him losing the election, though. But their they're, they're unrest from individuals who are on the far left and far right kicks up because of that. that that's my thought process. It may happen, may not happen. But that's my thought process. So I, you know, I can see it, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know you mentioned, you, you know, you don't really see it going on a large scale. I got to be honest with you, man. I just, I feel the makings of something 
major happening, right? And so I honestly, like I, I, would, I would have never thought it would be something that, I, that another, another civil war or something would happen. But I can see the makings. Here's, a, here's something to point out though. So those are people who are diehard, you know, follow politics and politicians. Listen, this is all, this is like the world's best um, reality television because at the end of the day, these guys are all friends. They're not enemies. These guys go out, hang out, you know, go for drinks. You know, they know each other's families. If the kids know each other, these are friends. We are the only ones that don't want to sit at the table with somebody who's a Republican or somebody that's a Democrat. We're the only ones that literally look at somebody else who is who thinks differently from a uh, uh, ideological point of view, and they are, you know, our enemies. You know, and I'm not. And let me be clear with this too. I'm not saying that just if somebody is a supporter of uh, racism or somebody who's a, or a supporter of uh, injustice or prejudice that we should just, you know, forget that. No, I'm just, I'm saying the general idea of supporting a Republican party or the Democratic party does not mean that that person is a, an enemy. And I've, I've seen people, I've literally seen and watched people make posts and videos pretty much stating that that is what it is, you know? And we're gonna talk about this in, in, in a couple of seconds, but specifically Christian people who state anybody who votes for a Democratic uh, person, and you know, I've seen them mention specifically black people, that you are not in line with, with you know, what God has for, for America and for what God's ideals are in the Bible. You are technically following the, the line of, or the suit of, of the dragon or all these kind of crazy talks, man. And, and it's not true. It's absolutely not true. And so um, what I want to talk about now is specifically voting. Um, and so, as I alluded to just now, there are, there are Christians, there are people who believe, one, that as believers, we, uh, we shouldn't vote, that uh, that's something that we should leave to people in the world. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Hey, before we move on, I, I have a question. So, do you think Trump and Biden are friends? I don't think they're enemies. Um, we're talking specifically about Trump and Biden. Um, I don't think they're enemies at all. Um, but I think we also have to recognize, though, Trump is an anomaly in the politics world. He, Trump is not, uh, he's not a traditional politician. He does whatever he wants. So he's a very un easily unlikable person. If you like him, you love him. But if you don't like him, you're, you're teetering hate. Uh, so I could, I could see how they wouldn't be friends, but I don't think they're enemies. Uh, I don't, they, they may not necessarily be friends, but we, we know, we've known it's, it's recorded. He's friends with the, the Clintons who are, who are huge and, you know, and growing up, they were the, they were the, the, he was the president um, that I could, the first president I could remember. Of course, Bush was there when I was born. I think uh, Reagan was the president actually when I was born, but I don't remember those presidencies. I remember Bush. Bush is the very first president I remember, I can remember. Uh, Clinton, not Clinton, um, I said Bush. Clinton was the very first president I can remember. Bush was the, the, the next president. And, and then we had Obama, the greatest president of my lifetime. Um, but yeah, um, go ahead. Why was uh, Obama the, the greatest president of your lifetime? I, 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 I will gladly answer that. But let's, let's get to this. And then if we have room, I'll answer 
that if not, we can save that for another podcast. What do you guys think about Christians voting? You can't give me a five second like rundown of why you think because uh, I boldly disagree with that statement. Okay, and, and I'm and I'm not a Republican, by the way. I'm just saying. And listen, I don't endorse any uh, any party at all. I I don't believe in party voting. Me neither. So no, I, I'll explain it to you. Um, but first, but first, let's go ahead and answer this question: voting. What do you guys take on as Christians? Should we vote? Being that, and I'm I'm gonna set it up for you guys. Being that. Since we're Christians and we believe this earth is not our home, that we're only looking forward to heaven, which is our real home and the earth made new. And, um, and, and, you know, that kind of mindset. What do you guys think about Christians voting? Um, I, I think that it's Christians' civil duty, right? Okay. To do what needs to be done for the betterment of a society, right? And so... I think voting is one tool that we have in this specific country, right? Um, that we can use for the benefit of that said society, right? You know what I'm saying? This is one benefit we have here in America that, for example, we don't have in other countries, you know what I'm saying? Um, or that Christians may not have, you know, the opportunity to use their voice by their vote in other countries, right? On the, on the other end though, I don't think that then means that, as you have stated, right, that we should be party focused at all whatsoever, because parties don't, you know, we have come to view parties as Christian versus non-Christian, and it doesn't make sense, right? And the other thing is, I also don't think we should even be people focused, right? I think the focus should be on actual issues. And I have to say actual issues because I think sometimes people say we should vote for issues, but really what they're trying to say is on the slides, we should vote for certain persons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's my viewpoint. That's my thought process. Um, and I'll let y'all go and I, I'll share some more afterwards. What about you, Justin? Well, well you know, I, I think whenever I think about voting, um, you know, ever, ever since you know, Trump got rid of the, uh, that Lyndon B. Johnson Amendment, you know, that protects, uh, you know, churches now have the right to endorse, uh, you know, presidential candidates. You know, I, I think it's so dangerous now because now, now you open the gate to corrupt, you know, the ministers now because the people put so much confidence you know, and so much trust, you know, in, in the ministers and the minister can come out, you know, because he's, he's been corrupted by, you know, money or whatever they, they offer to these guys, you know, he can come out and say, man, this guy is, you know, the most pro-black president that we've ever seen before in the last 20 years, talking about, you know, Donald Trump, which uh, actual black minister actually said that, which I still marvel to this day that he actually went on national TV and said that. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's so dangerous, you know, now that Trump opened that floodgate for, you know, churches and religious organizations to, you know, endorse uh, presidential ca candidates because the whole, the whole thing is just, just corrupt, you know. And, and like Lionel, or what I think Lionel was alluding to, 
is that, you know, specific policies I'm for, you know, because I think, like, I, I honestly believe, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, you know, just watching things play out when Obama was in office, you know, for eight years, I literally thought when he got in office, like, we were going to be barbecuing every day, you know, uh, talking about black people, you know, specifically, that, uh, you know, well, we didn't have to go to work, I was know, three, three days out of the week. You know, we was going to get all this, like, nothing literally changed. Not only did nothing change, Obama helped every single minority group in this country except for black people. This dude actually gave <sighs> three or four laws to the homosexual community and didn't give not one law to black people. When, even when he was in his last term, he could have enacted strict laws, you know, for police brutality, you know, to help our people out, which I believe, you know, um, you know, genocide is happening to, to our people when it comes to police brutality. But that's another subject and another topic. But this guy didn't do anything. I mean, if he would have did that one thing, I would have been happy. But he didn't do anything. And how people can say that, oh, man, he's the greatest, you know, president of the last. I, I literally take offense to that. I almost wanted to jump through this phone when you said this. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to leave it alone because you're my brother. So I see that you, you somehow weaseled your way to get back to your question as you uh, addressed attempted to some way address my question. Uh, so I guess I have the, the duty to, to respond to your question. Okay, so here's why I say Obama is the greatest president of our lifetime. So what you're talking about is Obama's response to, or his action towards um, African-Americans because he's a black man. And so it, it is his duty to take care of black people. And I, Correct. and I completely understand where you're coming from, right? Um, but I think we have to realize a couple of things. One, Obama was the president of the United States. He wasn't the president. Was he the president of the gay people? Are you, you going to let me respond? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let you talk. He was the president of the United States. And so he isn't the president of black people. Right. And he isn't the president. He wasn't the president of the uh, homosexuals or the LGBTQ community. He was the president of the United States. So he had to approach himself accordingly. And I completely understand the frustration between his movement towards um, that community as opposed to what he had done or lack thereof for the black community. But here's why I say he was the greatest. I want you to think back. So like I said before, the first president I can remember uh, that um, growing up was um, President Clinton. What, what was a major thing that happened during President Clinton's um, presidency that was negative, largely negative, negative to the black community? Uh, 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 talking about the crime bill, correct? The crime bill was a disaster for the black community. There are people in jail today who should not have uh, spent as much time as they have um, towards a sentence that was just ridiculous, right? The three-strike three, the three strike law, again, this is a, a stain on the Clinton on administration. And, and, you know, there's much more. We could talk about Bill Clinton and his treatment towards Haiti, right? 
What was the stain for George W. Bush? You guys remember that? George George, George W. Bush's stain was attacking or sending uh, military troops into Iraq for weapons of mass destruction that were never found, right? And so also the way he handled the way he handled uh, the, the war on terrorism or, you know, the response to 9-11. Again, a disaster. That man should have only served one term. I don't know how he got a uh, second term. Uh, disaster. What was Clinton's, I mean, uh, Obama's thing? What's Obama's thing? Obama's thing was not doing not one thing for the black, black community. His thing you was... Say- his thing was what he didn't do. He he didn't have his thing wasn't what he did. I want you to per se. Let's look at Obama's let's right. Obama's presidency. First of all, I, I get what you're saying. Zero, right? Zero scandals. The closest thing that could become towards a scandal was Benghazi, but that was Clinton, right? That was the Secretary of State who knew what was happening. She has that scam. That's her thing, right? Cool. So what is his thing? He doesn't have any, right? The, the second thing, which is a matter of opinion, is the Affordable Care Act, or what people call Obamacare. Obamacare. Some people will say this is the worst uh, uh, piece of policy for health care uh, we've ever seen. Some people will say it's the greatest thing. It's a matter of perspective. If you were poor, if you didn't have life insurance because you had a pre-existing condition, Obamacare was salvation for you. Because not only can you afford healthcare, now nobody can tell you that you can't have it because you have heart attack, you have a heart disease, or you have diabetes. If though you are in the middle class or you are, you know, more well off, your premiums went up. Now you have to pay more premium. Or if you are a business owner and you don't have healthcare, you will be fined because you don't have uh, insurance. It looks bad. But you gotta understand what Obama did, and I, I want you to know, I did not like the Affordable Care Act. However, I understood the, the way he was going with it. He was attempting to make universal health care for all, which means that some people who have the means to afford health care at higher premiums will help take care of the people who can't afford it. That's what he was doing, right? And so that's, depending on how you look at it, Obama's thing, but I think it's a positive, right? And again, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Obama was a, an eloquent speaker. Obama was a, a man's man. Obama was somebody who knew how to engage with people from different uh, cultures and communities and respectfully, if you d- disagree with him, explain to you where he was coming from. So I, I just feel like, you know, like I said, he is um, the greatest president of my lifetime. The fact that he, all those things, because you got to understand that the insurance the uninsured um, part of Obamacare was helping black people. Black people, we have some of the worst um, health in the country, especially when you look in what's called the, you know, the, the, the black belt, the southern parts of the United States, man. Those people are severely uninsured, severely uh, uh, um, um, have high numbers of, of chronic illnesses. So that's helping black people. You know, so, but I, I get you, man. I, 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 can't, I can't knock you for how you feel, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at well-rounded. And again, you may not agree with, you know, homosexuality and, and all these things, but you got to understand this man is reaching out to people who, who don't have 
technically, we got to be technical with it, equal rights, right? And this is what he was doing. He's the president of the United States. And that means including people who are, um, for, for many different reasons, ostracized or can't have the same rights as a, a, a um, um, heterosexual couple. Listen, I, listen I, I think, like, all the points that you made were, like, were so trash. And I think the listeners will be upset with me if I didn't tell you how trash those points were. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> again, like I was saying, I understand that oh, he's amazing. the president of everybody, but his last term, when he has more room to, to, to wiggle, he gave, no, I mean, Obama just proved, you know, you know, to everybody that, listen, you know, black people, we need to stop giving our vote willingly to the Democratic Party without demanding any any policies, you know, to change our way of living. You know, Obama was was put in office, and I, and I just get so frustrated, you know, and just and, and it really bothers me is because oh, because he's an eloquent speaker, and you know, he didn't cheat on his wife and stuff like that. Like everyone, I don't care what he does in his home, you know, as long as. You know, he's making a, a better home for my home. Why don't you support Trump? Because apparently Trump, Trump, or oh, here's something Obama did. Let me give you something Obama did for black people. So it is stated that Trump has decreased unemployment for black people. It's the lowest that it's ever been, right? Which is a complete and total myth. When Obama took office in 2008, um, the unemployment rate was 16 16 percent for black people i'm talking about black people now. i'm not talking about america black people unemployment rate was 16 percent by the time obama reached his second term when he was reelected, it was 10 percent you gotta understand when but you that wasn't because um th that was that wasn't like a direct you know effect that was that, that happened that was for everybody i mean it benefited everybody i'm sorry i'm talking about a policy that directly benefited hey. you know the black community just like it directly benefited you know the LGB, um, LGBTQ. How do you say LGBTQTE? Whatever. But, it is. I mean, many of the policies. I mean, many things that are gonna affect one community will affect another community too at the same time, right? So it and this and this goes back. And so this is kind of taking us in a tan. This my statement is about to take us in a tangent, which I think we could also have this talk at a later time since we kind of on this discussion. Is one thing that I think that as Black people we need is a black agenda as far as what we are seeking from any politician or from any political party right because then it won't be a question of what did such and such ex-politician do for black people per se because for example if what if what was on our black agenda was healthcare, for example right then it wouldn't be seen as something that is bland right are, for example, if tax reform, say, you know, from Trump's administration they talk about, right? Then it wouldn't, if that was on our agenda, it wouldn't be seen as something that was bland, right? It would be seen as, no, that means they're, they're executing what we have asked for them to execute to take care of our community. The issue, though, is we don't have yet, right, a general policy for our community, right? And it doesn't mean that it's going to affect every single person in the community per se. You know what I mean? Everything won't affect every single person, right? Because black people are not a monolith, right? There's rich black people and poor black people, right? 
that black people on the East Coast, West Coast, North Side, you get what I'm saying, right? So, but we still should have a single list of agenda items that no matter who's in office, right? These are the things that we need you to take care of. And then this discussion to me, right, will be mute because guess what? We had an agenda in the first place. It's hard to come back, right, on the back end and say, oh, what did this person do or what did that person do? Well, that's kind of not almost their fault because first and foremost, what did we present for them to do is really the question, you know what I'm saying? And that's on us, you know what I'm saying, as a group of people. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I do, I agree with you that we, we need, excuse me, we need, um, we need a, a list of what demands, demands that we need and want for, for politicians. But um, at the end of the day, and just to, to, to move on from this, this topic, like I said, what, the reason I say he's the greatest of our time is because look what he's measured up to. Um, we got to mention that you're not going to tell me Clinton was better than Obama. You're not going to tell me Bush, and you for sure ain't going to tell me Trump was better than Obama. So, well, I mean, that's not saying much just because he was better than you know the rest of those guys. And and, and you know, and, and I want to bring up a point too because I, I remember I was um, watching this show with Kamala Harris, you know, and and she was kind of saying the same thing. They asked her about reparations, and she was saying, well, she believes in reparation. And she she gave a plan, her plan of how she would, uh, you know, distribute reparations. She said, you know, by charging people who, uh, you know, who, who makes over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you know, giving um, like raising their taxes and giving people who make less than that under two hundred fifty thousand. And I'm like, what? That's not reparation. That's helping everybody. Like that's not helping. You know, black people like what's a specific plan, you know, that's gonna, you know, benefit us when it comes to reparation, and nobody has it, you know, and and really they don't take us serious, you know, when it comes to reparation because, you know, like I said, we willingly give our vote to you know one specific party, and and as racist as Trump is, if this guy said that he was gonna promise to give reparations, you know. You know, to us, then he then he has my vote. I don't care what bro, are, bro. or you're not about to, you're not about to sit on this microphone and tell me if Trump offers you money, you're gonna vote for my man. That's what it is. That's what we're looking for as a black community. We just need some money. Let us feel okay. Come on, man. You get out of here with that. We're talking about so. Here's I'm the, talking. About, I'm talking about reparation. Like, give me like three hundred thousand in reparations to like to each uh, <laughs> black individual, and then I promise you. Consciously, um, because this man supports this man still supports uh, uh, um, the KKK, right? This man still supports white supremacists, right? So this is literally the, so. But this goes back. To, but 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 let me let me butt in here. This goes back to my point, though, right? Because this the reality, right? This the reality. Do we really do I care? Do I care about Trump? Do I care about Joe Biden? Right? Was Joe Biden not a part of bringing some bills and legislation that wasn't negative to the black community? Is Trump showing any benefit or any lean to the black community? The reality is no. We know that on both ends, right? So the truth is, we I really I personally don't care, right? So if the Republican Party said and gave us every single thing we asked them for then yeah, I would, we should lean that way because it's not about the party or the person at the end of the day. It's about the policies and it's about what they're giving us, right? 
if it's the Democrats that's doing that, that's fine. If that's a, a new black party that's doing it, that's fine. It's the Green Party, the Libertarian Party. It don't matter at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality, this is what this is what white people have learned. And this this that's the truth. What white people learn is I don't care nothing about the man and his actions, right? I care about what he do for me personally, my pocketbook. And that's the, I'm just being honest, right? I, I had a conversation, had a conversation the other day with a good white friend, right? You know what I'm saying? We work together. He's he has a he has a lot of different thought processes than me, but guess what? We're friends. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm never going. He's not going to disown me. I'm not going to disown him because at the end of the day, we can we can think different and still be cool. Like we need more of that in this country in the first place, right? But the reality is, he told me straight up, like I don't like Donald Trump. Like I think he's he's foolish. Like he makes no sense. But I'm going to vote for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to vote for him because he has specific, he's going to do specific things in his mind. He believes he's going to do specific things that's for the benefit of him, right? His family, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know what I'm saying? And so as black people, that's the first thing we have to decide with our agenda in the first place is, does it matter about this person? Now, I will say too, just to kind of piggyback, I know I'm kind of circling back around. The one thing that I will say, because you kind of made the point of, him being the best president of our lifetime. And I guess I I could could lean and agree to that, but it's not because of policies. My 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 statement has nothing to do with policy, it has to do with the person. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, the presidents that have been presented to me have always had issues. And Obama, because of the issues he didn't have, but also because of the it was the encouragement and the upliftment that who he was brought to the community of people that we we're a part of. That's what makes that's what makes him great. He will always be great because of that, right? Because of the reality of that, what he did, making us believe that in the political arena we can actually have some type of push or pull. Whether we got that or not, based on what Justin say, right, is another thing, right? But I believe that is also a catalyst that have that is leading us in this mindset and thought process where even now people are talking about we need a black party, right? You see what I'm saying? A part of that is Obama, you see what I'm saying, as a figurehead, as a person, et cetera, right? And along the way, the, those type of stepping stones are very important. We can't discount those stepping stones to the, to the to what ends up happening 20 years down the road. You see what I'm saying, right? He was a part of that stepping stone at the end of the day, no matter what you want to say. Kamala Harris, she's a part of that stepping stone, no matter what you want to say. Whether she gets elected as vice president or not, she will be a part of that stepping stone of Black people looking and realizing that we can actually have and do more as Black people for Black people specifically, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Justin's bringing out on our own in the political arena. We're going to take back control of all this stuff, right? But it's on us, and we got to make the decision. We got to decide. We can't let keep letting other people decide what's our agenda in the first place, right? We can't let other people decide why we're going to vote, when we're going to vote, who gonna, we, we got to take all that back, right? and start living on our own two feet in this arena, just like we have learned how to live on our own two feet in the other arenas. And the last one I'm going to make is presidents can't do everything, period. That's just the reality, right? Because that's not how our political system works. That's just not how it works, right? So it doesn't matter if I'm the president and I want to do X, Y, Z. If I don't have a Congress, right? If I don't have a House of Representatives and, and, and senators, who are going to sit down and work with me, right? 
it, it ain't gonna work, period, point blank, right? If I have a House of Representatives and Senate whose primary mission is going to be to rebut anything I try to send to them, the truth is, it's not gonna work. That's just the reality. And the truth about our politics as we've begun with this whole topic is we living in a divisive polit political arena right now. We're not living in a political arena where people are trying to work together. We also gotta keep that in mind, yeah. right? We gotta keep that in mind. People literally, will rebut something until it's past time. Now we now we going out, right? You just brought up, right, Justin earlier, Donald Trump said, I ain't even trying to deal with this until after election. Now he now days later he realized that was a stupid statement and he walked that back, right? But but that again, that's the mindset. The mindset of many politicians is not about what's best for they for a particular place that they even come from per se, right? They're they are making moves based on can I get reelected? Yep. That's what senators are doing. That's what the House of Representatives is doing. So they even all about the president, whether that's Trump, Biden, whether that's Obama, whether that's Bush, whether that's Clinton. It's not even just all about them. It's about all these other people who make up these two bodies, right? And if those two bodies stay the same way they stay right now, where people's mindset is not about working together, where it's not about working across the aisle, where it's not about what's best for the people back home where I'm from, right? But if it's about who do I need to vote for in order to keep my vote, in order to keep money in my pocket, in order to keep me, right, electable, because that's how politics operates right now. It's about electability. It has nothing to do with actually truthfully, and that's why all, that's why it's going to be issues after election. That's the reason, because people realizing more and more, politicians ain't really on their side. They, it's, it's a game. You know what I'm saying, right? And I'm, I'm happy that Black people are realizing it now because we need to start holding people accountable. And the way you hold people accountable is you remove them from all, you don't do what we say, you don't get a second yeah. chance. Period, point blank. We, we, we really need to create more parties. Like that's my, my answer to all of this is we don't even need two parties. We need to start creating multiple parties. If you look back in the day, if you want to be honest, you look back at the turn of the century when you had um, a, uh, a lot of Blacks starting to take political roles, of course, then you start having Jim Crow and all this stuff come through, right? Of course, in the Adam Bell South. But when you start looking at that time, there were multiple parties, right? And, and because of that, you start to see a lot of kind of people getting elected on a local level, which affected then the national level. So I'm done. That's all I want to say. You know what I mean? We need to continue this topic another yeah, time. We, we, we ran out of time, y'all. Well, well, let me say one last thing. Listen, um, Talano, I, I, I understand that, you know, uh, president's hands can be tied because of, you know, Congress and, and the Senate uh, not allowing things to, you know, pass through. But, you know, that, that won't stop him, you know, from suggesting policies and saying, hey, listen, we need, you know, to put this in place, you know, for such and such reason or whatever. And if it gets voted down, then if it gets voted down. At least we know, like, hey, man. You know, you tried, but you know the people, uh, you know, didn't you know, uh, you know, help 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 you out or whatever. Where where was where was the action in it? There was no action, you know, you know, towards him at all. Like you can't even say that you know, um, well, you know, the people voted it down because he didn't even bring it to the anyone's attention. And I just I don't know. I like I said, I get frustrated. You know, um, so where does he fall? Out of the where does he fall? Out of the four or five presidents you've seen in your lifetime, man, listen, I don't, I don't rank any of them, you know, anywhere because I don't like any of them. He's on the same playing field as all of them. I, listen, I don't, I don't use that type of language. Listen, I'm going to say 
that I don't like any of those guys. And that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, <laughs> Justin Robinson. All right. I mean, it is what it is, y'all. Y'all hear our conversation. We got, we got, we got uh, excited tonight. Um, you, you also can see that we all have um, various uh, opinions about certain matters. But uh, um, at the end of the day, um, we, uh, we're still brothers, you know what I mean? And we're still believers in Christ. Uh, so you have to form your own Maybe. yourself as well. Uh, we didn't really get to fully address the question, should a Christian vote? Uh, Lionel kind of said his, uh, Justin kind of danced around it, but, um, my, my answer and my response is absolutely. We had many people who have uh, literally died, uh, for the chance for especially black people to vote, uh, Christian brothers and sisters, sisters at that. I definitely think it's our, our due diligence, due diligence uh, to do so. You're free to choose not to, uh, but I will have to suggest that you, you do so. With that being said, this is it for tonight for our conversation. Uh, we hope you guys uh, gained something from it um, and that we hope you guys uh, stick around. We have some more interesting conversations coming next. We're going to talk about uh, how to be uh, male vulnerability. We're going to be talking about that uh, next time. You guys don't want to miss. We have a special guest. Can't tell you who it is right now, but please stay tuned for that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, conspiracy theories, man. That's going to be a very interesting and fun topic. We're going to talk about that as well. And we got a special one, y'all. Listen, we're going to let you guys into our, our personal lives a little bit with that this last one. I'm not going to tell you what the topic is, but listen, you guys want to stay tuned to this next one. We're going to deal deep with some racist issues and, and the church and stuff like that. So please stay tuned uh, for our next couple of podcasts. Share with your friends. Um, share with as many people as you can because we want to get the word out there. And uh, for all of those who are interested um, in actually getting some of the background conversations, because many times after the podcast, we actually stick around and we actually go deeper into the conversation. We only have an hour or so to have a conversation. Uh, but for y'all that's interested in that, definitely reach out to us. We're actually starting a Patreon real soon. You guys can definitely support the podcast that way and reach out to us. Uh, but hey, it's our point of view. Thank y'all for checking us out. And uh, until next week.